Welcome to another inspirational message from Gateway Life Church. We're so glad that you've joined us and trust that this podcast will be a blessing to you. When Thanksgiving goes up, heaven comes down. Thanksgiving is powerful. There are miracles. There's an atmosphere around someone who offers up Thanksgiving. It's easy uh, to be around people who are thankful. There's an atmosphere. There's a freedom about them. Thanksgiving means the act of giving thanks. And I really love this definition as it states that the giving of thanks is the act. It's the action And I want to encourage you to put your faith into action. Thanksgiving is a grateful acknowledgement of benefits or favor received, especially from God. Other words to describe the word thanksgiving are praise, gratitude, blessing, grace to give credit and to have a response. I really do believe that one of the primary divine evidences of someone who's been born again is the quality of thanksgiving. How can you not be thankful? When, when, you know, Christ has saved us, the reality is that if God never did another thing for us, but he saved us, that would be enough. But of course, he does so much more for us. How could you not be thankful and express great gratitude to God and to others? How, how could we not love people? How could we not love what God loves? When we have had a revelation of the grace, the saving grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, I I just feel like the Holy Spirit is just tapping me on the shoulder. And just to remind us to stay awake, to stay awake. And this, even if this word right now is just for one person, I believe uh, if that one person will just get a hold of this to stay awake, it's going to make all the difference in and what's around your life. Stay awake. The devil, he is out there. He's prowling around like a roaring lion. Don't forget that, right? He's seeking someone who he may devour. Okay, And he's trying to, you know, like hypnotize us. He's trying to seduce us so that we might fall asleep to the things of God. Okay, but we've got to stir ourselves up. The Bible says to stir up the gift that is within you. Stir up love in your own heart so that you can go and stir up others. You can't stir up others if you're not stirred up yourself. You can't do it. It's impossible. And this is why we're looking at Thanksgiving, because it gets our praise on. And again, one of the divine evidences of transformation in a believer's life is the fact that Thanksgiving and generosity of soul is present. The fruit is present because they've been born again, set free and unplugged from the ways and the mindsets of this world. Because now, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. And because we know that we have freely received from God, We want to be generous with what we've freely received. We want to be generous and freely give back to God and to others. Why? Because we're thankful. We're humbled by what God has done. 
We can't believe. It's like the song we were singing. How, who am I to be loved by you? I think that's how the words go. I don't really know. But, uh, but who am I to be what? Worthy. Okay. He makes us worthy. As I begin today, I want to start with this question. Uh, it's a good question to reflect upon. Uh, for me personally, uh, reflecting upon uh, the answer to this question gets me out of myself. It gets me out of my own head. H- how many of you need to get outside of your own head? Uh, how many of you would think that sometimes we just, we spend too much time in our own head and we need to get out of it, right? And so for me, this helps me to get outside of my own head. And uh, so I want to ask you this question, how does it feel How does it make you feel to know that everyone here on site and online are encountering one form or level of testing in their lives right now? Every single person here, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter how good you look, how how, how well you dress, every single one of us are encountering some kind of trial. I want to ask you, how does that make you feel? For me personally, that gets me outside of my own head. That gets me out of my, outside of my own soul. That gets me thinking about other people. It gets me thinking about, okay, Jason, you're not the only one who uh, can experience this or that or whatever and testings and temptations. Everybody around you is experiencing the same kinds of things. Now, what are you going to do about that? Well, let me tell you what I'm going to do about that. First of all, I'm going to continue to exercise thanksgiving for God's love and grace and mercy in my life. Right, The fact that God is faithful in every season, right, even when I'm not faithful. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to consider that what I've freely received and then go and freely give to others so I can build them up, lift them up, encourage them, edify them, exhort them, no matter how I'm feeling. Because I just know on the other side of me focusing on others is my own blessing, my own freedom. Somebody once said, Uh, If you're feeling down, get off your couch, walk outside your front door and go and bless your neighbor and see what's on the other side of that. I guarantee that a transition will take place. I just want you to remember that. I I really do pray that you remember that, that it doesn't matter who you meet, everyone's encountering a trial, a test. So it's important not just to think about ourselves. Okay. I, I really do believe also that as we... As God, and I'm speaking on behalf of God, I'm speaking on behalf of heaven right now, I really do believe that when God and all of heaven look down upon us when it comes to our own personal tests and trials and temptations, I believe that God and all of heaven are wondering how are they going to respond in this hour of temptation? How are they going to respond in this trial of their life? And I believe that in the heart of God, God would be saying, I hope they remain thankful. Even in the heat of the trial, right? Even in the heat of the moment of temptation, whatever it is, I hope they remain thankful. Because on the other side of thankfulness is an anointing. There's a promotion. There's a blessing. There's a whole new level of favor on the other side of the test. No one likes to be tested. And the worst kind of test is the one that you don't know that you're in. For many people, these past 18 to 20 months, uh, for many believers around the world, they've been in a test that they really don't know they're in. 
And the test has revealed what's on the inside of every believer. Make no mistake about it. If you want to know what color a particular tea bag is, just put it in hot water. And again, the worst kind of test, you know, is the, is the one that we don't know that we're in. Especially when we realize afterwards that that particular conversation that we just had or that event or that season that we just walked through was in fact a divine test to see if we qualify for the next level of favor and blessing or not. You see, there's great blessing on the test. There's great blessing when it comes to enduring temptation. This is what uh, the Apostle James said in James chapter 1, verse 12. It says, Blessed... That's how it begins. Blessed is the man, blessed is the woman who endures temptation. For when they have been approved, for when they have been approved, for when they've passed, okay, they'll be blessed. Approved for what? Approved for the next level of anointing, blessing, and promotion. But right now, I want us to turn to a story most of us would know about this story. Uh, Let's turn to a story in the Bible and read about a man who was severely tested. Before we take a look at that, I just want you to consider uh, for a few moments your own personal tests, what what you're going through yourself, and it could be a number of things. I'm not going to name anything in particular like you know. And I want you to... Uh, I just want you to look at, I want, I want you to compare your test in the light of the tests and the trials of the man that we're about to read about. And, and I just pray that it'll help you. Um, I just pray that it'll encourage you and lift you up. And so we're going to look at a man who was severely tested and a man by the name of Job. Okay, this is Gateway Word of the Week. I'm going to do quite a bit of reading right now, but we're just going to, you know, get through this. We're going to begin at Job chapter 1, verse 1, and uh, you can follow on the screen. And uh, here we go. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and turned away from evil. Wow, what a statement. What a bio. What an Instagram bio, right? What a great thing. What a great thing to be said about someone. And it says in verse 2, There were born to him seven sons and three daughters. He possessed 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 female donkeys, and very many servants, so that this man was the greatest of all the people of the East. Verse 5, And when the days of the feast had run their course, Job would send and consecrate them. And he would rise early in the morning, every morning, and offer burnt offerings according to the number of all of them. For Job said, it may be that my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts without them knowing. And so he would rise every morning just in case they sinned. Job wanted to be there praying for them. Thus, Job did continually. What a great man. What a great father. He would rise early every morning, cover his children, cover, you know, his community, his church, whatever, in prayer, just so that God's hand would be upon them. Now, there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord in heaven, and Satan also came among them. The Lord said to Satan, from where have you come? Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking up and down on it. 
And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on all the earth, a blameless and upright man who fears God and turns away from evil? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Does Job fear God for no reason? Have you not put a hedge around him and his house and all that he has on every side? You have blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased in the land. Satan is like, come on, God, why wouldn't he love you? Why wouldn't he serve you? You've blessed him. You've favored him. He's only serving you because of everything that you've given him. Let me put this out there today. Why do you serve God? Why do you love him? Why do you come to church? Why do you want to love and serve people? Hopefully, at the end of the day, the answer is quite simple. You know, I love God because He first loved me. I want to give freely to others because He gave freely to me. That's really where it starts and stops. Anything else that God chooses to give us is on God, okay? If it blesses God, it blesses us. If God chooses not to give us something that, and that brings glory to God, then that, that's what we want. We just want God to be glorified. And Satan said in verse 11, But stretch out your hand and touch all that he has, and he will curse you to your face. God said, I can trust Job with anything that you put on him. And I really do believe that that one of the true tests of a man's strength, of a woman's strength, is measured by what it takes to distract him, to disappoint him, to discourage him. And I want to say to someone here today, I understand that you're all going through something. You're all going through something, but you're going to get through. This season too has come to pass. The God who was faithful yesterday in your life is the same God who'll be faithful today. And it's the same God who's going to be faithful tomorrow. And when you come to tomorrow, he'll be the same God who'll be faithful the next day and so on. Let me encourage you not to give up, but to get a reward from all the seed that you've sown for all those years that you've given. You've already endured so much, I know. And I know that your pain might not be the same pain as someone else, but it's all relative, isn't it? Okay, it's all relative. But just keep on moving. Keep on moving. Find out now what's on the other side of this test. Find out what's on the other side of this season. Don't go back to the old ways because you already know there's nothing there for you. You already, you've been there. It's why you're here, because you've been there. You've done this. You've done that. The things that, you know, we, we all might be ashamed of. We don't need to name anything. We already know what they are. You already know there's nothing there for you. So have the wisdom that says, well, I could go back and do those things because of my pain, because of my loneliness, because of the feelings that I'm having right now. But I already know there's nothing there for me. Where am I going to go? Because I know that Jesus, he has the words of life. Come on now. Tough times don't last, but tough people do. Verse 12. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your hand. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. Satan is like, right, let's put this on Job. Verse 13. Now, there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. 
And there came a messenger to Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the donkeys feeding beside them. And the Sabines, Sabines, Sabians, I don't know, fell upon them and took them and struck them down, struck down the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And while this person, this one was giving a report, while this was happening, there came another and said, the fire of God fell from heaven and burned up all the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I alone have escaped to tell you. And while he was speaking, someone else came. There came another. The Chaldeans formed three groups and made a raid on the camels and took them and struck down the servants with the edge of the sword. And I alone have escaped to tell you all about it. And while he was speaking, there came yet another and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And behold, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house and it fell upon them. And Job, they're all dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. Oh, man. While he was speaking, while he was speaking, boom, boom, one hit after another, one hit after another. Now, Job was a good man, a family man, a wealthy man, one who feared God. He would even sacrifice animals without spot or blemish before the Lord for what his children might have done. And here's Job minding his own business and all of a sudden, one bad, one negative report after another. You know, when I think about what I go through compared to what he went through, this is not to downplay what you go through. This is not the point of the message because what you go through is real. Okay, I get that. What I go through, it's real. But sometimes it's good to get some perspective. Okay, this is one bad report after another. And Satan says to God, watch this. Watch him now curse you to your face. Because I think to myself, Job could have easily said, God, you said I was blameless. I'm a good man. I'm a God-fearing man. I pray every morning. I cover. I make sacrifices. I cover my children for things that they might have done. And now this. And in verse 20, it says, because Satan is like, I've got him. Watch this. I'll prove God wrong. But in verse 20, then Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell on the ground and worshipped. We could just like kind of drop the mic right there and say, let's have a time of worship and bring everything that we have before the Lord. And if we, listen, listen, if we feel convicted by this message, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Why is that a good thing? Because that's the Lord, you know, sharpening our perspective, causing our potentially sleepy hearts to wake up again to look up again, to make praise and thanksgiving paramount in every season, no matter what the day brings. And then he said in verse 21, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Now catch this. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in all of this, Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Inspiring, isn't it? Thanksgiving. 
It's a grateful acknowledgement of benefits or favor received, especially from God. Other words to describe the word thanksgiving are praise, gratitude, blessing, grace, or to give credit and a response. It's our level of thanksgiving that qualifies us for the next level of God's presence, power, and favor in our lives. Our attitude of gratitude, I don't, I don't want this to sound cheesy, right? Our attitude of gratitude really does determine our heavenly altitude. When thanksgiving goes up, heaven comes down. Thanksgiving. If you were a boss and had to promote an employee, would you choose the employee who always complained about something and found a problem to every solution? Or would you promote the one who was always thankful and was so bent and focused on finding a solution to every problem? Now, we all know who we would promote. Now, just in case you're wondering how it all turned out for Job, 42 chapters later, um, I don't know if there's someone out there who knows uh, the length of time from Job chapter 1 to Job chapter 42. I don't know exactly how many years had passed. Certainly a, a good amount of time had passed. But in Job chapter 42 verse 12, it says, Now the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. For he had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 female donkeys. He also had seven sons and three daughters. After this, Job lived 140 years and saw his children and grandchildren for four generations. So Job died old and full of days. Now, I know that I did maths in society. But that's a double portion. That is a double portion. I guarantee you that if Job had cursed God and shook his fist, walked away from the people of God, walked away from responsibility, walked away from the church, this double portion would not have happened. You know, it's, uh, the power of our testimony is not when things are going well. I'm happy when people get a job promotion. I'm happy when, you know, people experience a blessing. But the most inspiring testimonies is when you know that someone is going through a hard time and everyone knows they're going through a hard time, but they keep on turning up. They keep on showing up. They keep on standing up. Their testimony is still one of praise. It's like, hey, yeah, it's tough. And I'm not through the other side yet, but I know that my deliverance is coming. I know that my double portion is coming. I just need to keep on enduring because it's they who endure to the end who are saved. And so as I begin to close my message today, and I've just got a few announcements that I want to make in just a few moments. Um, I really do pray. I really do pray that today would be such a transition for you in your heart and in your mind. I really do. I pray that today will be a new day for you like never before, that every one of you uh, will walk out of these doors with a repositioning in your heart 
and in your mind. I pray that thanksgiving and praise would be paramount in your life. That it be far above all other thoughts, all other attitudes, feelings, and meditations in your mind. Not just uh, that it wouldn't just be a little bit above, but it would be far above. Like there's no opportunity for any other thought to crowd out your desire to give thanks and to praise to God no matter what the season. That's what I pray. That's my prayer for everyone on site and online. You know, that's a great church. A church who is just so focused and bent on thanksgiving, giving words of encouragement in season, out of season, no matter what the season. That's a great church. We are that church. We are a thankful church. There's no doubt about that. Make no mistake about it. But there's greater opportunities to be thankful on a whole nother level. The Washington Monument in Washington, D.C. is a great testimony to thanksgiving and praise to God. This uh, monument, it stands 555 feet above the ground, overlooking 180 square kilometers of the Columbia District, which is the capital of America. And this 555-foot monument has been crowned with an aluminium cap with two words engraved upon its apex, which are the words Laos Deo, translated Praise be to God. Laos Deo, at the very tip of this 555-foot monument, overlooking 180 kilometers of the District of Columbia, are two words inscribed in this little aluminium cap at the very tip. It's crowned with the words, Laos Deo, translated, praise be to God. And I love this because every day, doesn't matter what the day, what the season, what the issue, what the trial, whether the sun has risen or set, doesn't matter what the temptation or the blessing. These words are crowned at the top of this monument. Praise be to God. And I pray that no matter what the season, whether the sun rises or sets or it's, it's like a dark night, it's cold, it's wet, it doesn't matter. May you also, may your mind be crowned at the very top of your thinking. Praise be to God. In everything, 1 Thessalonians says, give thanks for this is the will of Christ Jesus for you. In everything, in everything. Praise be to God. And I'll conclude before I just uh, make some announcements. Again, with the words of Job. Job chapter 1, verse 21. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. But I'm still going to praise God. You see, I don't praise God because of what He gave me. I don't praise God. I don't not praise God because He took something from me. He's still worthy of all my praise. And the power of my faith is demonstrated in the midst of my trial. And God gives us an opportunity. Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have trouble. But fear not, I've overcome it. Let's remember God is good. All the time, God is good. He's turning all things around for good. And goodness and mercy are following us all the days of our life. 
And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you for every test. We thank you for every trial. We thank you, Lord God, uh, even what uh, the external pressure has revealed on the inside of us. Lord, for some, Lord, for some of us, the external pressure, the, uh, the tests and the trials, the, the loneliness, the rejection, the, uh, the boredom, it's revealed at times flaws, holes in our souls. But God, we just thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We just acknowledge, Lord God, our need for you. And Lord, we ask that you would fill us up again. Fill us up afresh, Lord God. Fill up every heart, fill up every soul. I thank you, Lord, that each one has an overcoming spirit. And Lord, I just thank you for the resurrection power of the Holy Ghost that raised Jesus from the dead after the third day. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for that same resurrection power to raise up everyone, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Gateway Life Church. For more information, please visit gatewaylifechurch.org.au. God bless and have a great day.